Hey, welcome to the show. It's been a few weeks. Grant Cohn, Eric Crocker. OTAs kept getting in the way, then minicamp. But now we're back, and I have a lot of questions uh, for Crocker about, like, just the hype coming out, because I know you're listening to it, and you can decipher what's real and what's not. But first, I just have a question. This is just an NFL question. The Niners canceled minicamp today. Everyone knew they were going to do it. They do it every year, the final day of minicamp. And it's like, it's not just Kyle. It was Harbaugh, too. Is this like a tradition? Did they do this when you were in the NFL? And why? No, we, we they used up all of our days uh, <laughs> for for mini camp. So, yeah, I see the 49ers doing that, especially Kyle Shanahan. That's been something he's big on. I heard him talking about not exceeding a certain amount of days uh, just overall for the whole OTAs and everything. Uh, Rex Ryan was, I mean, he was a great players coach. He was all that, but, I mean, he was definitely all about maximizing the work that you can you can do so uh if there was one more day to try to get better you know he was going to do that and i think when you look back on that 2013 uh just team i was on you know that team was trash but somehow they won eight games so right that was geno smith right man it was it was geno it was i mean matt sims not even chris sims matt matt sims started some games i don't even remember Uh, this Sorry. Yeah, it's, it's Kristen's little brother. Like, oh wow. Yeah, he starts singing. And they I had no games. idea. Wow. Okay. So, you know, so I think uh, uh, Rex though he he did a really good job of preparing guys and uh, getting guys to buy in, even if the team was a little short-handed. It's just a whole different culture in the NFL now. Like when I first started covering the league was when you were in the league, and back then, I mean, it was all about they were just coming off the two-a-day stuff. Like that that stuff had just changed, and I think the attitude was you got to get all the work possible. And now after like 10 years of evidence and all these players getting hurt in practice, I think the new, the new philosophy is like, let's just get these guys to the regular season. I mean, that seems to be what the Rams do. But I don't even think it's maybe, maybe there's, there's some uh, science behind it that says it, but I feel like we did more and there weren't any injuries during that time. Like I think once training camp started, uh, Aaron Berry tore his ACL. Okay. Uh, uh, what's my guy's name, man? Uh, Videla Hazleton. He tore his ACL. But just in the sense of just like injuries overall, yeah. I thought I don't remember anything crazy happening. To me, it's just like an easy way to try to get the players on your side. It's like, hey, vacation starts a day early. Like, like, like they weren't expecting that. Yeah, I mean, for for. The big dogs, but what about yeah. the crockers of the world? Like, no, nah, I need all these extra reps. Like, any That's reps true. I can get, anytime I can um, go out there and try to make a play, um, you know, do something good and, and get in that light, you know, for for those guys, it's like, I, I like, yeah, give me two, three extra days. Like, I'm here. I, got, I need to do whatever I can do to make this team. That's a great point. I never looked at it from that perspective, but from like Brandon Ayuk's perspective, great. Let's go. Oh, let's yeah. Go on vacation. But from, you know, uh, name any guy fighting for a roster spot, he'd take more days. And I wonder if the 49 – there was a uh, – the text from the PR guy, he's like, look, no practice today, but stay tuned. There might be something – not practice, but there might be media availability next week. So I would imagine the Niners said to some players, if you want to stick around, if you want to do more work, great. And th- that's probably the way to go. I wonder if they'll actually have practice, though. So we had to hang around. And here's another part that, that people don't think about, too. But, but, but first, we, we had to hang around for an extended period of time. There was this thing that we had to do uh, as rookies. So it was a lot of rookies and some of the, like, second-year guys. Mm-hmm. But uh, there was this two-hour class we had each day. Uh, and it was like a life and kind of decision-making course type thing. And so we were there longer. So the guys were able to cut out. And, yeah, how to deal with the media. Um, I mean, everything. Anything you can think of. Anything that you can think of that uh, a NFL player or professional athlete might encounter as an athlete, like they went over all of that, all of wow. it. So we were stuck around there. But here's one thing that I think kind of gets overlooked by a lot of fans and maybe some of the big dogs, right? Because Debo Samuel, he ain't tripping. Uh, Nick Bosa, those guys ain't tripping. But you only get paid when you're playing, and you only get paid when you're sh- when you're there. So during training camp, I think I was getting per week like. Twelve, thirteen hundred dollars, or something like that, per week during training camp, and, or uh, not training camp. Excuse me, uh, OTAs. Okay. Right now, that doesn't include my house. I had to pay for my housing. Right. Right. 
and it's expensive like to break your jersey. Now, yeah. once once the offseason comes or like that break, I don't get paid at all during that time. So yeah, Nick Bosa yeah. and these other guys like they're good with money, they ain't tripping. But like the Eric Crocker the world's like, man, I need that fifteen hundred dollars. I need that thirteen hundred dollars a week. <laughs> Hell yeah. After makes that makes sense. I get it. That's interesting. Uh all right. Yeah. Well, so yeah, again, it's like he's Kyle scores points with the big dogs, but a lot of people are like, hey man, oh, could no, I, I don't want to speak for another fifteen hundred. But yeah, I know I was <laughs> I was looking forward to that. That is one phenomenon about the NFL locker room that I don't think fans really understand. You got guys potentially making 30 million a year and guys kind of living paycheck to paycheck on the same team. It's amazing. It's amazing. Oh yeah. They're not living the same. I mean, I had a teammate, we went to the strip club and they'd be like, here, Croc, here's 5,000 you can throw. And I'm like, all right, like, let me uh, pop some of this here. You know, yeah, Yeah. no, the, the guys are living on two different set of rules for sure. Yeah. All right. So all of a sudden, Trey Lance getting rave reviews. D'Amico Ryan's yesterday. I mean, he needed to say something nice because, frankly, Trey Lance tore his defense apart. Now, Bosa wasn't out there. Armstead wasn't out there. None of the linebackers were out there. But the secondary was, and Lance completed 75% of his throws in front of us. So D'Amico's like, yeah, man, he's putting the ball in the money every time. Juszczyk had nice things to say. Williams had Trent Williams had nice – everyone seems to be pumping him up. Peter Schrager, do you actually buy the hype? Do you really buy it? I mean, it's practice. Okay, so – in the sense that, that I, do you think the Niners really, really believe it? Yes. Okay. I, I believe that what, whatever they thought with with the development aspect of Trey Lance's game, where he could be, you know, heading into year two, uh, limited playing time as a rookie, you know, one real kind of offseason and reworking his grip or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. else he talked about. I think from that standpoint, where he's at right now is probably very encouraging. Now, dude, dude, are they saying he's Patrick Mahomes right now, right? Going to go off and win an MVP? I, I wouldn't say that, no. but I would say just in the sense of, hey, you know, this is a kid where there's been a lot of question marks about him. We've heard throughout the offseason all these different rumors and and what people were saying about him and he can't do this, can't do that. You got uh, Emmanuel Acho on First Things First every day talking about how Trey Lance is not the guy. He sucks. And – I would say what he kind of at the very least shown throughout OTAs, which for a lot of guys isn't important. Some guys it is more important. I think it was important for Trey Lance to at least show, hey, this is where I'm at my development. I think they're happy with that. So as far as the hype goes, I, again, I don't think it's, oh, we're going to go out and win a Super Bowl with this kid. But I think, you know what? This kid is ready to be a starter, which was a huge question mark heading into this offseason. Yeah, I'm starting to buy it, too. It seems like Kyle really believes that it takes two years for a quarterback in particular to learn his a, a full year to learn his offense. And I think if he had it his way, he wouldn't play the quarterback the first year. And I think that's what he did last year. He just erred on the side of caution. And it's interesting. It was I was interested to see, like, is this going to work all this time in the scout team? Is he going to come in year two without any real game experience and look like he's been in the offense for a year? And so far in OTAs, yeah. Yeah, I mean, completed 75% of his throws. His TD INT ratio was three to one. Like, Jimmy never had a, a a month like that in practice. So, yeah, in, in that sense, it worked. I'm buying the hype. Now, it's not 11 on 11 tackle football. We'll see how, how he fares when he does that. But, like, you definitely can see a difference from last year. Yeah, and I think worked. the biggest difference is probably comes from his confidence, right? Yeah. I mean, just think, think about being the number three overall pick, going into a situation where this is really somebody else's team. And everybody mm-hmm. loves this Jimmy Garoppolo guy. And then you, and then it's like, whatever you thought this was going to be is like, this is not that, right? So now you have to go through and you have to try to find your way. And, and okay, I want to be a leader because I'm the number three overall pick and I'm a quarterback, but I really can't be that. So I think a lot of it was him trying to really figure out and find his way and really learn how to be a professional from that standpoint. But then as you transition into this year and you hear your coach in the media at owner's meeting come out and say, you know, hey, like, Trey Lance is our guy. That's why we're trading Jimmy Garoppolo. And we're happy where Trey Lance is. And, and yeah, we're good to go. And Jimmy Garoppolo, he's healthy. We'll trade him, right? If we could trade him, we'll trade him. I think those things gave him the confidence that, you know what? I can take that next step in my leadership. I can definitely be more confident in the sense of if I have a bad throw or if I have a good throw, like I heard you talking about the, the fluttery bad miss, right? Yeah. And then he comes back and he hits two more, right? But, yeah. you know, he doesn't have to look over his shoulder or act or fake like he's that leader guy, I think he can really believe that. So I think that's that's probably been the biggest difference right now. And when I listen to a lot of the players talk about how he's carrying himself, 
and, you know, his leadership role and, and Jimmy Ward and all these guys get behind him, I think it made it more clear that this is now his team. Yeah, I definitely think this is his team. Uh, absolutely. I'm buying the hype. I really think that this is – that they mean it when they talk about all the things they like about him. Um, for the first time, like last year, they were so uh, – reluctant to say anything nice also maybe because it was jimmy garoppolo's team but i think they feel like they've seen enough i mean i i'd like to think that they feel that way i mean i guess we'll see what they do with jimmy garoppolo but i think this was oh and there's one this here's what i wanted to say here's why i'm buying the hype and i think it was just otas it was just mini camp but it's important to remember that debo wasn't out there and kittle wasn't out there so he had this impressive run without his two top guys it's not like you could say well debo's great i mean any quarterback mullins would tear it up with Debo and, and Kittle out there. I mean, he didn't do that. It was Ayuk and Ray Ray and Jawan Jennings and Tanner Hudson, a bunch of, uh, it was, he spread the ball around, you know? And I right. think that's, that's gotta be a good thing. That was, that was the 2013 Jets receiving core out there. Yeah. Which wasn't, which wasn't yep. all that, uh, you know, also too, you know, a, a lot of what happens in OTAs, they're, they're working on things, right? And Kyle Shanahan and Trey Lance, they're going to continue to have to, you know, learn and develop that rapport between those two guys, what Trey Lance does well, what he doesn't do well. Yeah. So I think a lot of it is probably, hey, you know, yeah, we're starting from the very basics and we're going to build on that. But it's not so much of what he does now. It's just these are the things that we would like to do. Let's see how he handles these things. And then, you know, come yeah. week one against Chicago Bears, and when you have Debo and Ayuk and Kale and Trent Williams blocking for and all these other guys, now it's more scheme. And I think that'll elevate his game even a little bit more. You start working on things. What's funny is when you go to practice, you can actually see what they're going to be working on that day. They'll they'll warm up and then they'll sort of rep through the kind of throws they're going to be do, they're going to Kyle's going to call in camp. So early on, it was the 15-yard dig over the middle. You, you saw Trey working on it, and then he would call it in, in um 11 on 11s. Then a couple of days ago, they called a deep pass. One of the first deep passes they called, and it was for Ray Ray, and Trey missed it. And I made a big deal about it. Like, dude, you got to hit this throw. The next day, you see Trey Lance and all the quarterbacks doing long toss, warming up. Like, okay, it's deep throw day. And I don't know when it's going to happen, but I know it's going to happen. And then all of a sudden, on the second the second series for Lance, just straight drop back, deep throw, touchdown to uh, Ray Ray up the left sideline. And then next throw, again, Jordan Matthews at the post. Like, boom, boom. Like, okay, got it. That's that's very impressive to me that he can make that adjustment the next day. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we've seen him make adjustments fairly quick, you know, throughout yeah. his tenure with the 49ers. Where, where again, we're talking about somebody starting at the very bottom, but you know, you see you see the transitions throughout games where it's okay, things might be a little shaky at first, then you kind of see him grasping and improve. That's why I wish he would have played as a rookie because yeah. I think the progress he would have made and the confidence that everyone would have in him Heading in the year two would be even some that much more. I think people are going to nitpick the way he does his job for a while. Like the ball, like he doesn't spin it great. Maybe right. he holds the ball a little long, but I think the end result of what he produces is going to be excellent. Right. So, I think and some good. of those things yeah. could could eventually improve. You know, I, yes. I talked to my guy Greg Pinelli a lot about the quarterbacks and the mechanics and things like that. And you hear Trey Lance and him kind of talk about how some of the things are overblown. Essentially, that's what he was he was saying, but. There are certain things, and I've asked my guy about it, you know, throwing the ball, and maybe it's not as tight of a spiral or whatever the case is. And there are different ways, and I felt this. I did my little fake little pro day when, when my guy put together this script for me, and he would just tell me little things like, hey, Croc, you know, when you go to throw the ball, when you go to release it or whatever, lock your wrist this way and then snap this. And then just, boom, you just see the yep. ball just fly out different. So those yep. are things like, you know, now I'm pretty sure by now I've re re reverted back to the normal way I throw the ball. But the more you work on those things and then the more comfortable you, you get doing it at full speed, you get better at it. So I would assume the way Trey Lance throws the ball this year, and there might be some knucklers and things like that, right? We've mm -hmm. seen that. But I bet by the end we might see a little bit better ball. Not not saying he's going to always – he's going to be Steve Young throwing it, but, you know, just in the sense of, you know, how it looks coming out of his hands, the more comfortable he gets, it should get a little bit better. I know you like watching J.T. O'Sullivan. He is yeah. very good. He made a video maybe a year or two ago about spirals. Nothing to do with Trey Lance. It's a really informative video. And one thing he says, like how to get better or how his coaches told him was, in your spare time laying in your in your bed, just have a football and just toss it up to the, to the uh, you know, right above you. And just yeah. practice having that, have it come off your index figure. Practice that flick. And Lance already said that. Like, I'm you know, just practicing, feeling it come off my index finger because last year he, he – 
couldn't. I mean, he had he broke his index finger. So I think he's he seems like the kind of guy who wants to know his weaknesses, wants to know how to fix them, is going to do everything he can to fix them. And if they're fixable, he'll do it. That seems kind of like who he is. Yeah. You know, it's not like the kind of guy who's like, I don't I don't need to work on that. I don't think that's his attitude. Well, that I think that was yeah. that was the thing that a lot of people and that's why I was so high on him, right? I mean, I, I have this tweet. It's out there. And before the draft, someone that asked me, like, you know, who, who do you think 49ers draft or, you know, who's going to be the guy? And I said, listen, out of all these quarterbacks, and this is including Trevor Lawrence and anybody else, if I had to bet my life savings on one of these guys, it would be Trey Lance. Yeah. And for a lot of reasons, what you just said, you know, now yeah. this was, he's not even 49er at this point. Right. But once you start to hear certain things about someone, obviously he has the, he has the talent and the ability now is just about becoming consistent and i feel like he's that type of person that wherever he, he his shortcomings shortcomings are the things that he needs to continue to work on feel like he's that guy that's going to work on it and eventually he'll get to what it is that you want so i i'll always go to bat for those type of guys another guy like that uh hufunga and i know you yep. you've had your, you know, true. things that you've said about hufunga but it, you know he, he certain things and it's like maybe he might not be able to come right like overcome things there's a reason why he was drafted much later than like a Trey Lance who needs to work on things. But they had the mindset to continue to get better. And I just feel like those type of guys, they'll maximize their potential. Whatever their whatever that potential is for them, they'll yep. maximize that. Uh, Hufunga might not be more than just a great special teamer. But if that's what he's going to be, like he will be that. If he's yep. a, a, a rotation safety type guy and that's what his max potential is, he will eventually be that. And I think I'd say the same for Trey Lance. If his max potential is an all-pro caliber quarterback, I think he works hard enough to become that type of guy. Yeah, and, you know, how he spins the ball probably won't determine that much. I mean, Jimmy spins it really well. He won't throw it down the field. So what? You know, <laughs> I, I already think Lance is better than Colin Kaepernick was. That's maybe, maybe that's tough because Kaepernick accomplished a lot. And Kaepernick could really spin the ball. That's one thing I'll say. He threw... Real tight spiral. He, he threw funny, but yeah, that thing was it was a tight spiral and his it was gunning. But he threw like funny. He was kind of like ro, he was kind of like robotic with it, kind of like uh, uh Kellen Mond. Kellen Mond, a little right? bit, yeah. Like I mean, Kellen Mond was like, like a pitching from the Mond was like a, a not as talented version of Cap of, of Cap. He was like a six foot three, two hundred ten pound, four six version of Cap. Right. Kinda. Yeah. <laughs> if anything happens with him, Cap was a big dude, huh? 6'4, 230 pounds. I mean, Cap, dude, especially when Cap when... was 24, 25, he was one of the most athletic players in the league. People yeah. forget that. He's... Stephen Hernandez says, Eric, you're from Stockton, ain't you? Peep the Tigers. Oh, yeah, man. Real 209, you know. Real 209. Yeah. You and Dallas Braden. Yeah, Dallas yeah, Braden yeah. I think he went to Stag. All over his hat. Yep. yep. I think he went to Stag. That's right. All right. Real quick, one more thing with Trey Lance. We've talked a lot about how he's going to improve the Niners' offense. Uh, it, it occurred to me watching him kind of tear up the Niners' defense uh, that he's going to improve them. I mean, not just by being a good quarterback, but attempting throws that the other starter the last few years wouldn't. I mean, all of a sudden, the corners are getting tested. I feel like the Niners would go through the offseason and be like, we have great corners. Like, mm, your quarterback never tests them. Now, <laughs> I mean, it's – they're getting tested outside the numbers and deep. I think that's only going to improve. I mean, what do you think? Yeah. So you said improve the 49ers defense. Defense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you look at when you're getting challenged in that way, and you know that it's somebody that's willing to kind of challenge you in a different way all mm -hmm. over the field, it does something different for you from a mindset standpoint, right? A lot of these defensive backs, man, and these safeties and these guys that have seen a lot, like they're smart, and they'll yeah. tell you, like, hey, you don't got to worry about this or that, right? Like, if I were, there are. A lot of things that Jimmy Garoppolo does well. You know, I think mm -hmm. over the middle, you know, he did a really good job snapping that ball out, getting the ball out with good timing and rhythm, mm -hmm. right? But if I was a defense, I would I would know, look, I can funnel things or play heavy to the inside because this is where he wants to throw. This is where mm -hmm. he wants to win. And if you look at a lot of his uh, passing charts, you know, it would show that. Like that middle of the field was a really hot area for him. When there's a guy that's going to pepper – like uh, shots all over the field, that's a little bit harder. You got to play things a little bit more honest. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, that's a little more difficult. So it's going to help even the 49ers DBs just kind of understanding like, okay, I got to play more honest because, you know, he can be far hash, but he's still going to throw this deep out over here. Well, that's something that Jimmy Garoppolo just won't even attempt. Typically. I mean, he, he 
there might be like one throw, then you'll see a lot of, uh, you know, the Jimmy stands or whatever. Not like Jimmy, but there's some people that really love him, love him. But it's like, oh, look, you, they, they say you can't throw outside the numbers, right? Like, there'll be like that one throw. It's like, well, he is an NFL quarterback. But right. that's not that's not where he's going to make his bread and butter. Like, that's not where he's good, and he knows that. That's why it's so limited. And I think Kyle Shanahan knew that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And part of the reason Jimmy Garoppolo tends to throw so many interceptions in practice is his defense knows his tendencies. They know where he's going to throw. And yeah. when he would go down and practice against the Chargers by day two, they'd figure it out. And they, again, he's throwing interceptions left and right. It's like, if you know Jimmy Garoppolo and you've seen him a few times, to me, he becomes a liability. And the reason he was so good early in his career is people didn't know his tendencies yet. He's a some very ironclad tendencies where he throws the ball. He just, you just needed a little bit of data on him. Now you got it. And now I feel like he's plateaued at best. And yeah. Lance, I mean, there's going to be data on him. It's like it's like the same in baseball. A lot of times a hitter's best year is his rookie year because there's no book on him. And all of a sudden pitchers figure out where his strengths and weaknesses are. It's going to happen to Lance too. But yeah. really, I mean, right now the Niners defense doesn't know what to make of him. He's throwing the ball everywhere. And they're like, as you said, they're kind of just playing – honest right now you gotta play more honest it's, it's a little bit harder to jump things and eventually yeah they'll, they'll they'll figure out some tails and i think playing against a quarterback like that that makes them play honest you know when you play against justin fields week one you're gonna be a little bit more prepared for a different skill set and dynamicness that this guy justin fields brings mm -hmm. we saw it last year when the 49ers played the, the bears and kind of what happened and some of the throws he was able to make i think they were a little surprised by uh how efficient he was and then he started making plays with his legs uh those things when when you don't when you aren't really prepared for it like that it makes it a little bit tougher i think with trey lance there with just how he throws passes all over i definitely think that it, that should help the defense a lot last thing about him and I, this is something i've noticed now he was really hitting his first read a lot he seemed to know where to go with the ball but i don't really see him scan the full field that often he usually picks a side so and I part wonder, of that, yeah, part of that is Kyle in his ear, probably. Yeah, you know, so probably. so you probably. know, uh, Kyle, you know, and he did well, right? He did well yep. throughout OTAs. Yeah, Kyle can be kind of holding his hand a little bit. So there's that. that there's that. If it's this coverage, I want you to go here. If it's this well, coverage, I want you to go here. Okay. Yeah, there, there's okay. you know everything is scripted, right? So you know a, a lot of kind of how things are going to go, whatever. True. Um, and then Kyle can tell you, okay, look for this or look for that. So. Kyle could be, but you know, as training camp comes, they you know they tend to take off the training wheels a little bit more, and uh, you should see him start to kind of be able to do those things on his own. And then that's when we'll maybe see more of the full field uh, scans because we saw that. I mean, you can go to the Houston Texans game, yeah, and you'll see him boom, boom, oh, ball yeah. out, and you know that one throw he threw down the right sideline to Brandon Ayuk in the end zone where it was like almost a touchdown. Uh, he started left, came middle. Then came right and threw a bomb to Brandon Ayuk down the right sideline. So yeah. he has it in him. But again, learning and, and knowing the offense and the more comfortable he gets, those are things that's going to develop over time. For sure. Todd Harris says Niners News on Facebook said Lance has more MVP votes votes than Patrick and Aaron combined. Do you think it can happen or is it just a small bet, big payout? Well, they haven't started the voting yet. Oh, but I, I see what he's saying. Like maybe like yeah. the odds. The uh, that where people are putting their money. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and that's all about odds. That's I would slow down odds. on that. I think the Niners are going to lead the league in rushing attempts this year. I mean, maybe Trey Lance will be an MVP in a couple of years, but I don't think as a first year as a starter, they're, he's going to be throwing enough to be in the conversation. Right. But maybe based on odds, because his odds are like, I don't know, it's probably like plus 2,000 or something like that. So if you go and put down, you know, a few hundred dollars, then you, you know, it's like, okay, if he happens to win, like, okay, I came up 6,000, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that that's all that is for people that bet. It's not that they legit think, oh, this guy will win MVP. All right. Uh, can you hear that? My wife's taking yeah. a shower. You can? No, you're good, though. All right. Appreciate it. Will the 49ers part ways with Jimmy Garoppolo before training camp? The reason I ask is they're saying all the right things about Trey, right? If he's really proven himself, they don't need Jimmy anymore. Who cares? So what do you think? Are they going to put their money where their mouth is? Or are they going to make? The, are they going to draw this out and have a quarterback competition? I don't think there's a competition. I, I I think at the end of the day, they're going to try to find a suitor to trade him. And if they can't find that, then I think they potentially just let him go. I think they understand the dynamic of having Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster with Trey Lance. And 
what that does. I mean, you you absolutely 100% can't get off to a slow start with Trey Lance if Jimmy Garoppolo is your backup. But Jimmy has always had that kind of backing to get off to a slow start. I'd say really every year he's came in as a starter, he started off slow and there haven't been those issues. Even in the even in the season where they started 8-0, yeah. he he didn't I mean, you think of the first game against Tampa Bay, you know, he threw the pick six. They won because of Keller Witherspoon and Richard Sherman having those back-to-back uh, fourth-quarter interceptions return for touchdowns. That's so, true. you know, Then the Jimmy, Steelers gave me to a bunch of picks. Uh, you know, uh, yes. One, I thought he was a little sharp in that game. I mean, there was yeah. one pick was off of Pettis' hands over the middle. The That's other true. one was uh, Matt Breda kind of like threw it to, to TJ Watt. So there's some true. weird stuff. But overall, if you look at kind of how he was playing to start the season really every year, Start slow. Think about if Trey Lance started off like Jimmy did in 2018, right? Everybody think about 2019. 2018, Jimmy Garoppolo, week one against Minnesota Vikings, threw three interceptions, one pick six. Uh, week two against the Detroit Lions. I mean, it, it, he threw the pick at the end, and people were like, oh, my gosh. And it's like, oh, yeah. holding away from the ball in that hill. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then week three, they started off down 35-0, right? And he couldn't yeah. get anything going. So uh, if Trey Lance had those type of – starts with Jimmy behind him, people are going to be calling for Jimmy Garoppolo. What about last year? They were two and four last year. I mean, he lost, I mean, freaking uh, Jimmy lost to the Seahawks. I thought that was the end when he lost to the Seahawks. That team was awful, yeah. but no. So yeah, we'll see. Jimmy Garoppolo, to me, like the Niners have to find a graceful way out of this. They keep saying we want to trade him. We want to trade him. There's no trade market for Jimmy. And if you really, if you want Trey Lance, you don't need Jimmy here anymore. So they got to figure out something. They could be like, you know what? As soon as he passes his physical, they'll be like, we want to do right by Jimmy. We're going to cut. That's the the best way to put it. And again, this is not a kicking Jimmy while he's down type thing. I think Jimmy did a lot of really good things for the 49ers, um, especially at the time when the 49ers were really dark. But right now, I mean, it's just when you spend that capital, to draft a guy number three overall, at some point, this has to become his team, and you have to give him every opportunity to really grow. And as long as Jimmy Garoppolo is on the roster, I think it makes it just a little bit more difficult, especially if you're going to him, right? This is not – maybe people bring up the Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre situation. And at the end of the day, Brett Favre was a starter, right? Now, imagine if they were like, all right, Brett Favre, you're going to be a backup to Aaron Rodgers. And then Aaron Rodgers goes out and has a st- slow start. How, is, how are the Green Bay fans going to react? How are the media going to re- react? Like, that's not something that you – you don't want those problems. So I think the best way to kind of handle this whole thing is to play that card. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know what, man? Uh, we want to make sure that you can go to the best spot for you and let you and your agent figure that out. So we're just going to let you go. We don't even tra- – we're not even going to trade you. We're, right. we're, we, we respect you that much right. to just let you go. I mean, I understand the Niners keeping Jimmy Garoppolo around this long if they truly had reservations about Lance, but you just gave Lance an opportunity to impress you, win over the team, and take ownership of the team. And he just did all three. He did exactly what you wanted him to do in OTAs, in minicamp. So now you're going to bring back Jimmy Garoppolo and say that Trey Lance will naturally now, like, you know, all that personality and leadership that you were showing on the field and in press conferences, mute that because Jimmy's back. It's like, actually, you're the backup again this year. Or Jimmy, you know, all that personality and leadership that you were showing the path, mute that because now you got to be trailing. It doesn't work. It doesn't, doesn't work. work. He's got to go. The Niners has shown enough. I know it's only practice, but this is the situation the Niners have put themselves. He's shown enough. He's ready. Jimmy's got to go. It's, it's, what's, it's what he wants. It's what Trey wants. I think it's what the team wants. It's, it's definitely what Jimmy wants. And, yes. and I will say uh, to a lot of fans that are saying, well, what if Trey Lance gets hurt? Because there were times where he banged up last year. And I think you have to go to with the mindset of, well, what if Patrick Mahomes gets hurt? Or what if any of these other guys get hurt? I don't think you can worry about that. You just do whatever you can to prepare this team the best way possible. And uh, just for, you know, to not have any weird split in the locker room and have any weird dynamic, let him go to the best opportunity for him. Because frankly, I mean, with with Jimmy Garoppolo out of the – uh, facility and this incident that happened between me and a player a couple weeks ago. It's the tightest the team has been in a long time. I mean, they are <laughs> real tight knit right now. Let's keep that going. This is this is good. Bringing Jimmy Garoppolo back can only ruin things. I have a quick question. You mentioned uh, the Chiefs. 
quiz. Who's their backup quarterback? Uh, hold on, hold on. Is it the guy? Is it Chad Henney? Yeah, it's Chad Henney. I don't know. I mean, he played. Chad I just remember Henney, him man. playing a couple years ago in the playoff game. He had to come in, and I'm like, is he still the backup? But I mean, I, I couldn't say that with confidence. Dude, Chad Henney is about to turn 37, man. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Incredible career. Incredible <laughs> career. All right, let's talk about someone on defense. Drake Jackson. It's funny. He got, again, universally praised by all the people who matter on this team. Uh, D'Amico Ryans. Um, Nick Bosa, specific praise. He bends better than I do. He has longer arms than I do. He does stuff that I had to learn how to do. It's natural for him. Samson Ebukam. Great. I don't question. They know more about it than me. All I'm looking at is a guy who weighed 254 at the combine that now weighs 273, and it's not muscle. I'm like, why? Why did you do that? Why do you think a young uh, second-round draft pick would, would feel compelled to do something like that? Yeah, I, I know they, they they did a lot of different things with him at USC and had him mm -hmm. kind of move around playing different positions. I don't. I, I think his his freshman year, I think he was naturally heavier. Then they had him slim down for another role. So I don't know if he just kind of ballooned back up after the combine because it's like, oh, well, now I'm going to get back to more, something that's a little bit more natural for mm -hmm. him. But that might not be what's best for him. Yeah. And I think he'll find that out fairly quickly. You know, in NFL, one thing for sure, you'll learn what works and what doesn't work yeah. right away. And the good thing for him is he gets to look across that room and see Nick Bosa. Yeah. And how Nick Bosa yeah. prepares and how yeah. Nick Bosa takes care of his body and understand that, like, you know, that could be you too. Uh, my rookie year in arena football league, I, I was, so I was, I was a bigger corner, right? You know, almost six foot two, 200 pound DB. But I wasn't like crazy physical or anything like that. Yeah. Well, my rookie year in the AFL, I'm playing with these dudes and these dudes are badass, right? I mean, they're mm -hmm. flying around there, taking guys' heads off there, smacking guys. I'm like, man, how they do it? And then we kind of got this, uh, uh, nicknamed the bad boys of the league because mm -hmm. I mean they just didn't take no crap from anybody right mm -hmm. and at some point you have to take that on yourself yeah. and all of a sudden I'm more physical I'm more aggressive right. I'm taking guys heads off too right I just bought into like what the standard that they set and I think for a guy like Drake Jackson when it comes to like taking care of your body like follow suit with what this guy that's an all pro caliber guy everybody mm -hmm. loves he's about to be the highest paid defensive player in the league well what is he doing yeah. Well, you need to figure that out and right. kind of copy that and, you know, figure out the best way to take care of your body. But a lot of guys don't truly understand that until they get to the league, unless you are somebody like Bosa who's kind of grown up and groomed into this, whatever he is, robot monster. <laughs> I mean, he's 266 pounds, probably 5% body fat. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I can't imagine the Niners asked Drake Jackson to come in heavier than Nick Bosa. I, maybe they did. In which case, Drake, I'm so sorry. I don't know why they told you to do that. And I, I, may, I mean, I guess I trust Chris Kacarek, but I don't think they told you to do that. I'll find out. I don't know. It seems to me that, you know, when I was reading Drake Jackson's scouting report on NFL.com, they, they they kept crushing him for being too light and that he should have kept his weight up. And, I don't, and they basically were saying he's a, he's an outside linebacker, DN tweener, and maybe he felt that he would have more value in the league if he just was 270 because I he was 270 at his pro day. He put up good agility numbers at that weight. I mean, maybe it helped his draft draft stock, but right now he looks like Tank Carradine, man. It's like they will they will tell him, or at least again, I don't know how the 49ers do, but I know the New York Jets with us. You know, I was I was around 200 pounds. Well, they're like, well, your peak performance, like for you to be where we need you to be, you got to be between 193 pounds and 195 pounds. Oh wow! For me to be the best version of of, of myself, um, okay. athletically. And uh, for every pound that was over 195, they would find me a thousand dollars. Oh right? wow! Yeah. So, wow. Um, so I don't know if they're doing things like that with guys where it's like, look, this is the weight that we want you at, and this is where you're gonna have your peak performance. And they figure that out based on like your body fat. They put you in this thing, and it and it tracks all your little different things and metrics and all that, and it spits out this is where he'll be best. What about Aaron Aaron Banks? It seems like the Niners did that with Aaron Banks this last year. They're right. like, we like you, but we don't like your body, and this is what you got to be. And now all of a sudden, he's totally different. Right. Maybe the Niners are going to do the same thing with Drake Jackson because I just can't imagine that the way he looks now is the way he's going to look when he's fully developed uh, under this team. I just can't imagine. All right. Right. Anyway, uh, Sacramento Mike says it's crazy to think we could have won two Super Bowls in three years with a non-mobile quarterback that can't throw deep. 
Now we have Lance and cornerbacks. We're going to be a juggernaut. I think the team is better. Uh, it's still, it's tough. And here's the thing that's hard to kind of weigh out. Yeah. Uh, a guy who just hasn't seen it, right? Like a, yeah. a quarterback who there's so much he hasn't seen. Even with, with Jimmy, with all his faults, we knew though, the game was kind of tight at the end, like you, you're going to have an opportunity to win because he's going to make some throws and all of a sudden they pull off and he's the hero, right? Yeah. I remember you tweeting that out a couple of times where it's like, Jimmy's going to do something. He's going to be the hero. Like maybe the Packers game where he just made a few throws in that playoff game at the end of the game, won the Debo, won the Kittle. And it's like, 49ers win. Like that's a fourth quarter win for Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think, uh, you know, once Trey Lance can make those plays late in games that will resort in wins, then yeah, the 49ers will 100% be a juggernaut. But there's probably going to be some ups and downs with filling out just almost how to be more of a game manager before he becomes that really explosive passer. That, now that's me being more cautiously optimistic. Hell, who knows? He could just come in and just be hella good. I mean, he did yeah. it as a a redshirt freshman at North Dakota State and led them to a national title undefeated. So he know. could come in and be hella good. And I think he probably will, but that doesn't mean he's going to win a Super Bowl anytime soon. Like, for example, I think we all kind of compare Trey Lance to a degree to Steve Young because it's the same team and similar skill sets. And Steve's taking him under his wing. Well, Steve was great. Steve was really successful, but he didn't win a Super Bowl until he took over a great team. So he took over a juggernaut. And he had probably a better skill set than Joe Montana. I mean, more mobile, probably could throw the ball downfield more than he was better than, than Joe, but took him to his fourth year to win a Super Bowl on a great team. And it didn't mean he, was, he wasn't he was great, but I mean, he had to go and lose in the playoffs and learn what that was like and fourth year. So I, yeah, the Niners could be a juggernaut, but we'll see. Uh, at some point, Lance is probably going to have to learn some hard lessons in the playoffs like Jimmy did. Problem is Jimmy right. never got better from those lessons. And, I mean, we see other guys having those type of growing pains as well. I mean, look at look at uh, Josh Allen. That was what I was going to say. Thank you. And, yeah. and I mean, he's widely considered a top three quarterback in the NFL. Right. And we watched him duel it out with Patrick Mahomes. And the reason why the Bills didn't go to the AFC Championship game was not because of Josh Allen, right. <laughs> who had an amazing game, who had an amazing right. postseason run. That's a tough thing, too. Yeah. When you look at these quarterbacks and, and you start to do the QB wins thing and you look at Jimmy Garoppolo and he's kind of done the bare minimum in playoff games, but he has four playoff wins. Right. As opposed to Josh Allen, who threw like 20 touchdowns in three games in the postseason, right. but he doesn't have yeah. the postseason success of that. So, you know, obviously your team uh, comes into play uh, big time, but Muck. I don't think it means like that, oh, well, Trey Lance – if, if he's not winning playoff games, then it's, right. it's because of him. He's bad. Like, now, I would argue uh, Josh Allen plays some of the best quarterback and I've seen in the playoffs, and it didn't result in a win in a crazy game. And, the, and like, people compare Trey Lance to, to Josh Allen. I think most Niner fans hope he's the next Josh Allen. Well, keep in mind what Allen has done in the playoffs. He's been really good, but it hasn't led to a Super Bowl yet. I mean, a lot of people think they're going to win the Super Bowl this year, but it's it's taken them some hard lessons in the playoffs to get to this point. We'll see. Yeah. And not just that. I mean, just his early years, right? I mean, his first two years in the league, the, the, there were people that were like, uh, I thought he was uh, trash. Yeah. He was well, like I, mean, I thought he was trash in college. Right? Yeah. I mean, I thought he was trash in college. So, like, you know, to get to the league, that just confirmed what I thought. Like, this is a guy who completed 52% of his passes, then 58. And, like, and then all of a sudden, it's just like, boom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fun digs and it's all different, right? Sacramento Mike says, Croc, describe your, describe your time with the Jets. We want to know. Uh, I guess the best way to put it was uh, a great experience. I'll say that. It was cool from all fronts. I mean, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about the business of the NFL. Here's the best way to put it. I've explained this on Twitter one time, but it, it was almost as if someone like made a movie about Eric Crocker and then, like, I'm I'm on the outside looking in, like, watching a movie, like, of myself. Like, and that's kind of the best way to, to explain it. Because I wasn't this highly, like, oh, he's an amazing Pop Warner player. Or, oh, he's an amazing high school player. Or, oh, he's an amazing college player. I was never that. So it was never like, oh, this guy's going to get to the NFL. Like, we all know it, you know. Mm -hmm. So once I got there, it was like, what? Crock made to the league? You know, <laughs> and, and, and then it was like 
for me, it was just like, you know, I was kind of a fan at first. Until you get in the locker room with Cromartie and Revis and Tim Tebow and all these guys, then you realize, like, oh, man, these dudes are just regular. So that from that standpoint, I was just like, okay, I'm good. I belong. But uh, What was Tebow like? He was cool, man. I mean, that's the, that's the vibe I got. He seemed kind of like cool. I mean, not was, cool, but. Tebow, nice. he was, I mean, he'd be walking around like rapping like Lil Wayne lyrics. And I thought that was weird because it's like, this is like Christian guy or yeah. whatever, right? You know, like holy, you know, yeah, yeah. Virgin Mary guy. Huh. And then um, like in in groups, sometimes I'd be in his workout group, right? Like doing OTAs and stuff. And he would kind of like cheat a little bit. And um, like he, he his, his competitive Jesus nature. Would Jesus do that? cheat? Come on, his Tim. competitive nature was on 10. I'm not going to lie. He was one of the more competitive people. Wow. Was it? And then he got released. He ended up getting cut. But um, he was he was very competitive, but yeah, overall it was cool, man. It was it was cool. I learned a lot. Uh, learned a lot about how I would coach. You know, just kind of being around uh, Rex Ryan and stuff like that. So yeah, that was dope. Last two topics. Um, I don't mean to go negative. I'm just trying to pinpoint weaknesses that the Niners can address uh, the next few weeks because they got they took inventory of their team. They saw some yeah. competition. They saw some young guys, and now I want you to say what you think the worst starter who you think the worst starter on offense is right now i'd have to lean towards aaron banks right mm -hmm. just because i mean there's the unknown one i didn't i didn't care for him as a prospect or okay let me rephrase it i didn't think he fit what we've traditionally known the 49ers offense to be mm -hmm. uh more of a zone kind of movement scheme and when i watched aaron banks on film i thought he was the complete opposite of that now, if you would have drafted him to the Pittsburgh Steelers, more of a power gap scheme, whatever, how they do things, then I'd be like, oh, man, love it. This is great. Yeah. But when 49ers offense has been predicated on a lot of movement, in sync, reach blocks, asking guys to do very difficult things, I did not see that at all with him. So yeah. the fact that he didn't play at all as a rookie wasn't a surprise to me. I didn't think he fit at all. So going into this year, and we'll see if that changes. You know, we've heard about him losing weight. Getting his body right, I think he understands more of the athlete that he has to be on the 49ers offensive line. But just based off what I know, mm -hmm. like I, I know more about him than I do the center uh, that they're going to have going in there. So I'd say he's probably the worst uh, offensive starter. Yeah, I was going to go with Jake Brendel. I mean, nothing against Jake. He's a vet, 29 years old, offensive line coach, really likes him, which is more than you could say about Aaron Banks at this point. Um, but still, man, I mean, six snaps the last three years, three career starts, kind of amazing. Uh, yeah. Kind of a, so yeah, that's two. That's we just named two starters in the offensive line, right in the interior. I mean, not ideal. Two, not ideal. The Niners still have time to again get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo and, and bring in at least a center guard, someone who could play both and, and push. Just have some insurance. Why would you not want that? Because it does seem like your team could be a juggernaut. If I mean, you got arguably a top five defense in the league. You got very promising quarterback Debo Kittle. But you also got Brendel and Banks. All right, same question. Worst starter on the defense. Ooh, this is a good one. Uh, I'm gonna say whoever the nickel is. Yeah. <laughs> that's a starting who, position. Yeah, that's a starting position. And whoever that guy is, I just don't have the most confidence in it. Now, if you tell me it's Emmanuel Mosley, he ends up being that guy, but then now you kind of open up, I don't want to say a hole, but sounds like Ambry Thomas is supposed to be that guy that fills in. And I I haven't heard too much positive coming out of OTA. Again, just OTAs. But a lot of people say OTAs don't matter. They do matter for guys like Embry Thomas. Yes, right? they do. And, and if it was not great, you know, it doesn't. I mean, he gave up a touchdown confidence. yesterday to Ray Ray McLeod, just right up the sideline. Got yeah. And right by. So that's not great. It's right. Ray Ray. I'm not saying anything bad about Ray Ray's really, Ray Ray had a great mini camp, but it's not, he's not DeAndre Hopkins. He's not Cooper Cup. It's gonna get harder. You know, he's gonna get harder. Right. Yeah. Right. I would agree. The Nickelback to me, like I think the Niners basically said, let's see what we got in in minicamp. And what they saw, they got is it ain't Denard. Um, it ain't Lenore. From what I've seen, maybe it's Womack, but that's a rookie. Probably want to bring in someone because right right now they're at like if it ain't if it ain't Womack, it's Dante Johnson. And you know Dante is not as bad as as. I made him out to be. He actually is pretty solid and play a bunch of positions, but he's not. You you don't want him to start. You don't want him to start, and I think no. that's the mix up with a lot of fans. 
So, yeah. Oh my gosh, Dante Johnson, like, yeah. you know, he's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> and all that. Right. But um, but Dante, I think he's your perfect fifth or sixth corner yeah. because he's so versatile. You know, yeah. if you just have happen to have a ton of injuries like they did last year, well, he can fill in at any spot. And I think, yeah. you know, from a roster construction standpoint, I think you need guys like Dante Johnson who's solid. You know, he can go out there, you can get through a game with him out there with you know, without him just looking like Brian Allen. Uh, from a couple years ago. The 49er fans still have nightmares about Brian Allen. All I noticed is that yesterday in the first rep of practice, Dante Johnson was a starting nickel. And it doesn't mean he's going to be the starting nickel. They actually changed. It was Denard most of the offseason, and then it wasn't yesterday. And I think that's because Denard isn't good enough. And Dante Johnson isn't quite good enough. Womack might be, but we'll see. The Niners need to bring in another guy at some point. And we'll see who it is. I don't even know who's available. Gotta see if you can maybe. I mean, what's up with Lenore? I mean, you know, like I, I thought he profiled more as a nickel than yeah. an outside guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on the outside, he gets burned. Maybe he'll do better in the in the slot. We'll see. Yeah, the tackler. I guess it's tough. The nickel is hard. I mean, that's yeah. one of the harder positions to play on defense. Uh, you have a lot of space. You have guys with two way goals. Two way go. Uh, you have to be either having an amazing like uh, anticipation and feel for routes and an understa understanding of what teams want to do or just be like the, have the most freakish feet and change the direction, you know? Yeah. So uh, it's a, it's a really difficult spot to play in. So I, much I'm space. surprised the Niners didn't address this position more considering they have to face Cooper cup twice a year. Deandre Hopkins goes in the slot a lot. I mean, it's yeah. like, it's, it's becoming like if a lot of teams put their best receiver in the slot because of the matchup. And if you can't, I mean, look at the Rams. They have Jalen Ramsey who can cover in the slot, someone who can do it when necessary. I would think that – I mean, even Trent Balky at the very end, he drafted Jimmy Ward because he understood where the league was going and he wanted him to play in the slot, but Ward's not a slot guy. That's what he was thinking. I would think the Niners would stop with – like maybe maybe before round five. In the, but no, no, they'll never do that. Round five is where they get their corner. I don't get yeah, that. and I think, you you know, you touched on Ward, and that's probably the, that's probably the best nickel defender, even yeah. like – more so than I like Mosley there. One thing about Mosley, a lot of people forget. When Mosley was a rookie, first of all, he was undrafted. Mm -hmm. and he was undrafted with Tarverius McFadden. And everybody liked I, McFadden coming out of Florida State because Florida he had State. a year where he had eight picks. And I was like, ah, I like this guy Mosley better. Mm -hmm. And Mosley actually started outside. When I say started, when, when it was time for his group to come in to the preseason game, mm -hmm. he was starting on the outside. And then in nickel situations, he was sliding to nickel. And I've seen that for multiple preseasons now where he's the first nickel in that group. So, I mean, he is a guy that I think they know, hey, man, like, push comes to shove. Like, he has a lot of experience getting a lot of reps at that nickel spot. Maybe not as much like last year because now he's like, well, you're a starting outside guy and we got Kawan Williams. But he has probably the most experience of the guys that they have on their roster right now playing there and playing well, which yeah. I actually thought – his, I don't know if it was his rookie year or the next year, but I actually thought that they would cut Kawan Williams because I thought he played that. I thought Mosley played that well at nickel. Yeah, and I think D'Amico is going to figure out eventually, if he doesn't know already, that his best three uh, corners are Mosley, Ward, Traverius Ward, and Thomas. And that yeah. in the nickel, you need those three out there. I don't know how long it's going to take for them to actually get those three out there, but it should happen. Because I, I don't see putting Dante Johnson out there with Ambry Thomas on the bench. Why would you do that? Nothing against probably. Dante, but why would you do that? So, and that's probably exactly what they're going to do. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to do it in OTAs and minicamp, right? Like, you, it, week one's a long ways away, but eventually you're going to want to rep that. Maybe not show it to the media, but that's what you're going to want to do. Sacramento Mike has an interesting question. Dame, Dame Dash didn't know this, tried to buy the Raiders and was denied. And so was Ray Lewis. Do you think the NFL will ever have a minority owner? Also, who's your favorite rapper? That's neither here nor there. Will they ever have a minority? They better because they always talk about like, you know, there's not enough black coaches. Well, that's true. Why do you think that is? Every owner, except for the guy in Jacksonville, is white. So that's a problem. That's if you if you could fix that problem, probably have a trickle down effect. Well, they call it the what is it, the, the good old boys club or whatever they call Amazing. it. Like, you know, it's it's hard to get into it. And I just saw the Denver Broncos sale. I think I saw what four point five billion or something like that. Yeah, if you I mean, don't have five billion, you need to have a lot of money to get in the club. 
you you need to have a lot of money because it's like, well, you make so much money. You know, right. these guys get 250 plus million dollars off top from the league. Like that's just that's if you don't do anything, you don't sell any tickets, like you're still gonna get 250 million off top. Yeah. And then that's not even counting all the you know revenue that you generate from everything else. So I mean it's a cash cow for sure. So if you can get in, that's great. But uh letting it's in a the guy like Dane for the Dash, league though to not have a, an African American owner and to yeah. deny left and right. I mean it's a really bad look for the league. It's gonna be hard, like, you know. It's gonna be hard for a guy like Dan Dash to get in because he doesn't fit in with how everybody. That's on the it. NFL. Like that again. That's making they need to think about their image here, and may, instead of like trying to get some African American to sort of bend to their image of what an African American should be in their club, maybe they should expand their horizons a little bit because yeah. it is a good old boy network and it has repercussions. Look at the people that that are hired. Look at look. I mean, come on. And they talk about it's a problem, right? I can the see role, like the role isn't going to fix it. This fixes it. In in ten years, if you told me LeBron James was a, a majority owner of a team, I wouldn't be shocked. That would be cool. That would be really cool. He could afford it. Magic. And Johnson they like him, like you know, Steph he could afford it. Yeah. I think his his image of who he is and how he carries himself. I think they're like, all right, you know. That's true. I I guess. Didn't Puff Daddy try to buy the Panthers at one point? Maybe that's not. What he he was involved to some extent. I don't, I don't know how far the talks got, but obviously they sold it to Tepper. What's so bad about Puff Daddy, man? He he took hits from the '80s and made him sound so crazy. Like what's so what's, <laughs> what's wrong? With that? Anyway. I know he's different, but because you gotta you you know you, you see certain videos of how he is. Yeah, and uh, it's this kind of they might view it as like demonstrative personality but his thing is just like he's a very like i gotta get it you know and and uh i don't know i just the nfl they act a little funny they do they do while they have end racism painted all across their stadiums they could start you could take the first step anyway that's our show for this week it's nice getting back together with croc it's been a while uh the niners are pretty much done the rest of the offseason so i'll be chilling in my house gradually updating the background with uh yeah. suggestions from croc over here it was a really nice background so uh, i for, need to i need to improve on mine that was good and better than i like the live on that's a nice touch i like that it's my live wife on. she got it she got it for me for christmas nice. <laughs> thanks for watching everyone i'll be back later tonight with uh jesse naylor niners after dark late night peace <laughs>